Stay tuned for the golden days of radio in just one moment. When you spend your time in swimming, trying to impress the women, does your overconfidence need trimming? Make up your mind. Unless you're just a first-class dunce, you won't go in for fancy stunts. Remember, you can drown but once. Make up your mind. This is Ephraim Zimbalist, Jr. What's in a name? If you were named Paul and you're a private, you are not an ordinary man, even though your rank was originally a term to describe the ordinary soldier. John Paul Getty, Paul of Peter, Paul and Mary, and Paul Newman all made good use of their names. And though you may never be a millionaire, pop singer, or film actor, your name has never been ordinary private. It is Latin and was derived from St. Paul, the New Testament apostle. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring one of the great Bing Crosby shows and a special guest star, the famous comedian and humorist, Fred Allen. It's been said that Bing Crosby at one time was the most well-known performer on the radio. And it's said that more people had heard his voice than that of any other living person. In the 30s, he went on the air as part of the Rhythm Boys musical group, a group that featured Al Rinker, Harry Barris, and Bing himself. But his style, his name, and his technique were what the audience was looking for. Motion pictures and phonograph records made him a top star. And his radio shows over the years helped make his star shine even brighter. And now a rare treat. Here's the Bing Crosby program of May 17th, 1950, recorded in New York City with his special guest, Fred Allen. This is Fred Allen welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show, produced and transcribed in New York with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra and Judd Conlon's Rhythm Airs. And what are you doing here announcing this program? Well, Bing, I've been out of work for, for so long, I'll take any kind of a job these <laughs> days. Either. Well, you sound like a man whose hopes are so shattered that he'd even appear with hope. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> I am desperate, but not that desperate. <laughs> to get this job tonight, you know, I had uh, Ken Carpenter rubbed out. You had Ken rubbed out? Yes, I had his name erased from the script. <laughs> Where's uh, Ken now? Where... Uh, well, he's lying out in the alley. I've got Toot Shaw sitting on it. Well, boy, that'll keep him from blowing away. Yeah. Anyhow, Fred, it was nice of Carpenter to let himself get rubbed out so he could slip you a little work. I well, well Ken had nothing sweet. to do with this, Bing. Uh, this job, really, uh, frankly, I got this job from my employment agency. Oh, but, Fred, you're, you're not an announcer. You're a comedian. Oh, well, that's with, the, uh, with another agency, Bing. Mm -hmm. Them I never hear from. <laughs> well, we're flattered. We certainly are flattered to have you with us, Fred, but... How'd you ever come to take such a job? Well, at the agency this morning, I was there bright and early. Mm -hmm. uh, they had two jobs listed on the bulletin board. Well, I could either be the announcer on the Bing Crosby show, or I could wash dishes at Bigfoot's. <laughs> well, so naturally, you chose the more attractive job. Yes, but another dishwasher beat me too, Bigfoot. <laughs> 
Yeah, he had his own soap. Oh, well, so you now. Look, no Yesterday, Duz got in there, and two guys were put out of work. <laughs> so well, here I am. Well, it's a break for us. We're happy about it, Fred. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Oh, Bing, if you've got the oven going, how about a little bread? I mean, <laughs> things are that tough, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> tough, Bing, this morning, I stuck my head in the icebox. That's the only meat that's been in there for six months. <laughs> with ears on it so <laughs> has no appeal Nothing at all. you know food is so scarce around my house the mice are bringing things back <laughs> oh you poor fellow well i bing i wouldn't care if i didn't try but i've been on my toes looking for work i've been on my knees begging for work and now i wind up on my way down to your program <laughs> it's discouraging how steady freddie steady Keep your sunny side up. Look for the silver lining. Let a smile be your umbrella. Well, I tried letting a smile be my umbrella. What happened? I wound up with a mouthful of rainwater. Unless <laughs> I'd like to suggest you keep your mouth closed until the reservoir is filled, anyhow. You huh? mean I say if that rainmaker comes through, the mayor might need your shirt for a rainbow there later. <laughs> <laughs> well, my lighter mouth. <laughs> you mean uh, <laughs> you look like a peacock backing into the sun. <laughs> I should keep my trap shut. Well, for thing. just a few seconds, All Fred, right. on account of the rhythm, there's a gathering around for the opening number. Oh, swell. You ready, John Scott? A new number, uh, sort of in the Temple de Blues, written by Mac Gordon and Joseph Myro for the picture Wabash Avenue. Baby, won't you say you love me? you do, I can't feel right. Oh, baby, if you tell me that you love me, I promise not to ask again. That is until tomorrow night. Baby, I need you beside me. Part of everything I do To cry as much, to laugh as much And love me even half as much As I love you Baby, won't you say you love me Till you do I need you beside me, part of everything I do, to cry as much, to laugh as much, and love me even half as much as I love.
That was, uh, that was, that was very good, Bing. Well, thanks, Fred. Of course, being your announcer, I'd have to say so, even if I didn't think so. Well, I wouldn't let it worry you. Being a big ham, I'd think so, even if it didn't say so. <laughs> you know, that's one huh? thing that burns me up, what, Bing. Man? The compliments that fly back and forth between the announcer and the star on a radio show. What do you mean? Well, the short-winded star gasps a song. Oh! And the announcer says, very good, Bing. Then the announcer does a commercial, and the singer says, very good, Ken. All through the show, they stand there telling each other, very good, very good, very good. And like this, they kill a season. <laughs> well, that's just radio etiquette, Fred. For years, I've been waiting for a star to finish a song and for the announcer to forget the very good stuff. Just once, Bing, I would like to hear an announcer say, oh, well, better luck next time. <laughs> Now, listen, Fred, don't you try to revolutionize radio just because it's on its way out. I'm getting the runaround now, good now, here. Now, relax. Well, how, how can I relax? You have got the relaxation market cornered. Oh, no. That's a gross fiction. Big fiction. Now, don't, uh, don't avoid the issue, Bing. I understand that you're shoving off for Europe after next week's broadcast. That's true, Fred. Next week is our big final show of the season. Then it's off to the old country. Oh, really? Uh, what old country? Any old country. I just come around... <laughs> Are you going to London? Oh, sure. I'm going to London to see Joe Palooka fight. Really? And after that, I'm going down to Dover and watch Humphrey swim the channel. Oh. <laughs> well, Bing, I'm not much of an expert on England, but if you go to France, I think I can be of a, a little help to you. You speak French, Fred? No, but I have a small book here, Bing. Mm, let me see. How to speak perfect French in ten minutes. Oh. Uh, you can pick out a few phrases. If you meet a Frenchman, you'll have something to say. You know, uh, now here's a phrase on page two. He a place la tambour la basque dans ma petite café. He a place la tambour du basque dans ma petite café. What does that mean? Who put the tambourine in my demi-tag? <laughs> well, I'll need that, I'm sure. <clears throat> I must have remembered that. Now, here's another one. Quelqu'un a lassé un boule de neige sous les sweet de mon grand-mère. What's that? Somebody has left a snowball under my grandmother's pen wiper. <laughs> <laughs> Darn clever, Fred, but how are you going to work these kind of things into a conversation? Well, it, it isn't difficult in Paris, Bing. <laughs> if you're an American, they'll take anything from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and incidentally, if you're going by boat, yeah. I'd like to give you my formula for seasickness. Mm -hmm. There is only one sure way to prevent seasickness. What's that? Wear a tight collar. <laughs> It and wear a tie, too. <laughs> and also, if you're restless at night while you are in Europe, you can make your own sanker. How do I make my own sanker? Put sleeping pills in your coffee. <laughs> I appreciate all these tips, Fred. You're very friendly, and inasmuch as uh, you're laying off, I don't see why you don't hop to Queen Elizabeth with me. Well, Come I'm on. sorry, Bing. I have to stay here in New York and worry. Oh, don't be so grim. Well, things are pretty bad. There just isn't any money in show business anymore. Look at the money Hope took in when he played the Paramount. Well, that's what I mean. There isn't any left. I hear old fatter than me really hit the jackpot. Oh, he sure did. You have to go out of town to change a $2 bill now. <laughs> Hope's girdle was bulging when he left town. Bulging when he arrived. <laughs> Say, Bing, I saw a, 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 an income tax collector's hand coming out of his vest there. <laughs> say, Bing, is Bob really as tight as they say? Tight? Fred, do you know that Hope has a burglar alarm on his garbage can? Isn't <laughs> that Gosh, I can remember when I had a garbage can, Bing. <laughs> Furnished and everything. Oh. Do on the old avocados in those <laughs> days. 
when I wish you'd fell. stop feeling sorry for yourself, Fred. Certainly a man with your talent and experience can get back in radio. Hmm? Well, what radio, Bing? Let's face it. Radio has come to the end of the trail. You mean people in radio are feeling the pinch oh, already? Oh, malnutrition is on the march, Bing. Oh. Take those detective programs. Uh -huh. The fat man is now the thin man. <laughs> and the thin man is now the shadow. Oh. <laughs> Sam Spade is digging up cliches for you. <laughs> One man's family's on relief. The Lone Ranger is looking for a loan. <laughs> the Whistler is all puckered out. <laughs> and John's other wife is on her last lap. <laughs> I can't believe it. Being things are so bad in radio, John's other wife is dating John again. <laughs> Oh, the poor girl. The last I heard, Stop the Music is calling people collect now. <laughs> yes, Bing, it looks as though television is taking over. Well, it's certainly building, isn't well, it? Well, I went out to California this winter, traveling yeah. across the country. I saw television aerials on top of buildings, on top of motels, passing farms. I saw them on top of houses. Passing through Albuquerque, I even saw television aerials on top of wigwams. Oh, they'll never get sitting bull up now, will they? <laughs> Well, the Indians really go for it. You know, one store in Albuquerque, Chief uh, Robux, I think Robux. it is. <laughs> they have quite a deal there. With every television set, they give away a swivel chair. But why a free swivel chair with every television set in Albuquerque? Well, when a squaw is through watching Maury Amsterdam, she can spin around and let her papoose see howdy doody. Oh. <laughs> Being if I had known this new medium was going to boom, I would have been in it a long time ago. Well, Fred, you were around here when the whole thing started. Couldn't you see the handwriting on the wall? Well, I could see the handwriting, but after watching television, I couldn't read it. <laughs> well, I guess early television was quite a strain on the eyes. Huh? Oh, yes. Two years ago, a lady I know gave her husband a television set for Christmas. And this past Christmas, her, his eyes were so shot, she had to give the poor man a parrot. Parrot? Mm-hmm. The bird sits on the man's lap, watches the television screen, and tells the man what's going on. <laughs> that solved the problem, I guess. Well, not quite. Now the parrot's vision is getting so bad, he can hardly see what's going on himself. Half of the time, the parrot just sits there and ad-libs. <laughs> Bing, if the parrot's eyesight gets any worse, they'll have to get something for him. Well, how about another parrot? Bing, if this parrot had another parrot, do you think he'd sit there watching television? <laughs> Fred, this new medium's going to create a lot of, em a lot of employment. A lot of unemployment. <laughs> but it works both ways. That was a forgivable stammer there. <laughs> I hear they're bringing a tribe of headhunters over from Africa to shrink actors for those small television screens. <laughs> and I have an uncle in Far Rockaway who, who's now using his wine cellar to age pictures for television. They had a real oldie on one TV station last night, Samson and Delilah. Oh, no, Fred Samson and Delilah is a new picture. Oh, the one I saw had the original cast. <laughs> well, now, all television entertainment is just movies. They have some great live shows. Have you ever seen Milton Berle? Well, frankly, I, uh, I don't watch Berle's programming. Anyone accepting entertainment from Berle automatically becomes a fence for stolen goods. <laughs> But if you're not going on television, Fred, what do you plan? Well, I'm writing songs now. I'm trying to get into ASCAP. Yeah? Thing. I'm writing City Billy songs. What's that? City, City Billy. 
Well, city billy songs? Well, you know, the people who live out in the hills have plenty of hillbilly songs. <laughs> but the people who live in the city have no folk music. Well, that's true, yeah. Now, my songs, instead of being about plows and pigs and dirty old men with beards, yeah. my songs are about the white-collar workers, the little men you see in the banks, in the subways, in the department stores. Well, you got a sample of one of those City Billy songs with you? Well, I just finished one. I've got the words and music right here. It's called The Lament of Homer Tracy. Hmm, yeah, this, this looks pretty good. Why, why don't we run it over? All please? right, I'll show you how it goes, yeah, let's Big. let's Listen, folks, a song they'll sing, a different sort of ditty. Our hero lived in New York City, his name was Homer Tracy. He worked in a department store, and the store was owned by Macy. The store was owned by Macy. Yes, Homer was a city boy, he wore an Adam hat. He took the BMT to work and he ate in the automat. Our hero was a floor walker, his name was Homer Tracy. He walked the floor in a department store and the store was owned by Macy. The store was owned by Macy. Once Macy's had a girdle sale, the mad mob lost its head. They stomped on Homer till closing time, and they left him there for dead. His white gardenia stained with blood, the blood of Homer Tracy. There was gore on the floor of the department store, and the store was owned by Macy. The store was owned by Macy. In his coffin, Homer lay with a smile. We knew what the smile on his face meant. Homer Tracy was still with Macy. They buried him in the basement. <laughs> Tap on Homer's grave, says life is just a symbol. I would be alive today if I had worked for Fred, that's a great, great tune. I'm sure that song's going to represent a considerable contribution to the infant musical library of the city billies. They'll adore you. Here's a new ballad. Rather, it's an old ballad. It's got quite a bit of mileage on it, but it's being revived. Prominently featured in this arrangement is Mr. Bernie Layton at the piano. It isn't fair for you to taunt me how can you make me care this way? It isn't fair for you to want me If it's just for a day It isn't fair for you to thrill me why do you do the things you do? It isn't fair for you to fill me With those dreams 
that can't come true, dear. Why is it you came into my life and made it complete? You gave me just a taste of high life. If this is love, then I repeat. It isn't fair for you to taunt me. How can you make me care this way? It isn't fair for you to want me If it's just for today It isn't fair for you to want me if it's just or today Bernie Layton at the piano. Bernie, don't remind Get my own Very fine, Bernie. Dick Himber's tune isn't fair. Well, that's about it for this world. I want to thank Fred Allen for dropping in with uh, all that valuable advice. Yes. And as always, his great wit and charm. Well, I enjoyed the visit, Bing. And take it easy when you get over there to Paris. What do you mean, take it easy? Take it easy. Now I'm going to have fun. Well, don't forget, Bing, at your age, fun is like insurance. Fun is like insurance? Yes, the older you get, the more it costs. <laughs> well, then I'll just loaf around the Louvre, I guess. Hang around the Louvre. Yeah. Well, now, who's with you next week, Bing? Next week, Fred, is our big farewell show of the season. Our guests will be Bob Hope, Arthur Godfrey, Perry Como, and Gary, Dennis, Phillip, and Lindsey Crosby. What about uh, Mr. Paley? Isn't he going to be... <laughs> Mr. Paley is going to be at the control. Oh, at the control. Yeah. He knows those Oh, well. he does. Well, <laughs> see you soon, Fred. Well, bon voyage, Bing. What's this? Bon voyage? What does that mean, bon Well, voyage? I gave you the book, the little red book. Look, look it up in well, there. I'll look seven. Small eight, print seven. of the big print. Well, I'll Five. see you again. Okay, right. With an asterisk? With a new Okay. wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>